Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We drink tequila, we talk. Welcome to Team Tequila Talks. Well, smells delicious. Uh-huh. Anything with cayenne pepper. Anything with cayenne pepper. Oh, uh, really? Is it spicy? You know, it has I love little, the spice. You well, know, it's just, I, I don't. I'm not so a spicy. You never a spicy margarita. I don't order a spicy margarita. If someone's like, hey, I grabbed a round of drinks, if I've eaten, um, I can do it. Mm, it that's actually pretty time. good, though. This would actually be good with tequila in it. Yeah, I know. It actually is very balanced. Oh, you know what? It's the mole bitter flavor in here that's really nice. And prickly pear. Wait, I gotta pour so he can do our cheers. I know. I poured mine for the... You're ahead of us here. I poured it for the real. Yeah. It's a good sound, though. It is. Okay. So... We need a boomerang. I know, right? (laughs) Are boomerangs still a thing? Uh, kind of. For the older generation. Yeah. You're around, right? <laughs> cheers with our cheers. cheers. Ooh. Oh, I like the name. See, I taste something savory in this. Because the, mo- the mole bitters. You're it, tasting the mole mole bitters and... Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the cayenne pepper puree. Yeah. And black carrot juice concentrate. Oh, that's Maybe it. it's the carrot. It's yeah. that mm-hmm. kind of rooty, yeah. earthy, it is. aromatic. It has, it has cocoa extract, too. Well, that's the mole. Yeah. Cocoa extract would be the mole. No, it's mo- no, no. It's mole bitters, and then there's cocoa extract. Right, but it, like a traditional, maybe this is more of a Tex-Mex thing, but a traditional mole sauce is has cocoa in it. No. Yes. So funny. I've never heard of theanine. No. I've heard of theanine. So L-theanine is, we've talked about on the show before. Everybody, welcome to Team Tequila Talks. We have our very handsome guest, Dr. John Lakey. Not just any doctor. Oh, a very handsome doctor. Very handsome doctor. <laughs> but also a plastic surgeon doctor. Yes. Which is the best kind of doctor. Yeah, you want to you want to knock on a doctor's door. You never want them knocking on your door. Amen. You know? You Amen. you don't want the disease, you want the beauty. So like an elective doctor. <laughs> I love an elective doctor. <laughs> How can I go to improve upon myself, not repair myself? Yeah, people come to you excited. Yeah. About the possibilities. They do. Uh, you know, listen, this is we, we always call ourselves the fun doctors because uh, you know, people come to us for fun. <laughs> I, I, if I was going to be a doctor, I would probably be in labor and delivery because I feel like how beautiful is that? People mm-hmm. having babies. And I would be like an above the neck doctor for sure. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I am. I mean, I had I, I really operate from the neck up. Oh, you know, my business partner does neck down. And so it makes it very easy. Seems oh. like a fair split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the head. You get mm-hmm. the confusion. Well, we're <laughs> drinking because the doctor has to operate. Seems like a fair reason. We're actually trying out something that I've been really wanting to try, which is this non-alcoholic agave cocktail. So we had an episode previously about the NA movement and how all of these known low cocktails are burgeoning, I guess not even a burgeoning market at this point. It's pretty, pretty booming. booming. Yeah. Yeah, it's bur- booming. booming market. Booming. Yeah. And I was always talking about how, you know, in my mocktails, I really like to have an adaptogen, a nootropic, a botanical, something that is going to either calm you or make you feel a little more lively and to me that's what separates a mocktail from juice yeah and i would say that this definitely checks those boxes well it's like spicy savory smoky it's it has to me it hits all the points like i would eat this at As night a, you're yeah. talking about flavor profile though. flavor yeah like like for the flavor it's not too sweet it feels more bold mm-hmm. and i feel like it's savory to me yeah it's not sweet but it's even kind, though it's, it's kind of like you know have you ever had 
I mean, I, I don't drink Bloody Marys, but there's Marys. riffs on on Bloody Marys that are like tomato savory cocktails. Definitely, it's. It, I feel like they are much fewer and farther between. But that market, I mean, those those cocktails do exist, mm-hmm. and it's for those people that want to mix it up and just not have another like sugary something, Definitely. right? This is spicy pina rita, which kind of is like pina colada, but I, mm, I, I would not put it in that category. I would not put it in a, in a pina colada. Um, maybe Mar- margarita with, uh, you know, like some of the savory yeah, margarita. savory savory. I keep margarita. coming back to that word. There's it a is. salt. There's a hint of a salt aftertaste. Like this here. is going to yeah. sound wrong, but I feel like it tastes chicken. And I don't think that it, it that there's because, is it the mole is it just the mole Maybe. giving you chicken vibes? I was going to say bacon. See, I okay, yeah, it's very weighted. You're right. Now that you say that, I think that bacon is more appropriate. But there's a, there's like a meatiness to it. Well, yeah, there's yeah, something yeah. smoked in here. There, the oh, natural yeah. flavors is definitely they probably infuse like some chicory, hickory, or something wood. Hickory, dickory, dock. Hickory, dickory, dock wood. <laughs> They're infusing it with something very like smoky. Okay. Well, it has a bunch of you know we've talked about the flavor profile, but the other ingredients in this are L-theanine, ginseng. Ginseng. That's a hard word to say. Ginseng. ginseng. I want to say ginseng. That's not right. It's ginseng. Nope, it's ginseng. ginseng. Yep, okay. Um, and GABA, as mm. well as ashwagandha. So we Which sh- I we mean, love ashwagandha. We do, yeah, and we've talked about that before. We've talked about some of the benefits of these adaptogens and these botanicals. So some of these mocktails that we were talking about previously have things to kind of liven you up with something as basic as caffeine, mm-hmm. um, usually from a green tea extract or something like that. Or they'll have something that is supposed to just make you feel a bit more social. And that's where some of these nootropic things come into play. All non-alcoholic, all non-psychedelic, you know, but a lot mushrooms are used a lot in these. This one has ashwagandha. Yeah. But, you know, one thing that we haven't talked about before is GABA. And I feel like this is a perfect episode to talk about that because I feel like that's a very medical term. Yeah, listen, GABA is gamma aminobutyric acid and uh, ultimately is a neurotransmitter that uh, we have neurotransmitter receptors for this that lead to a calming effect. In fact, most of our benzodiazepines like uh, Xanax or Ativan or Valium, they all affect these particular receptors. And so... Um, they're even associated with controlling some pain receptors. That's why there's a medicine, gabapentin, which is also known mm. as Neurontin. It's a neuropathic pain medicine. So the idea that this uh, can have a calming effect just by uh, adapting this neurotransmitter can be effective. Ooh. I'd imagine you'd have to drink a fair amount of it to really, I mean, it's, it's not going to, you'd have to probably have 17 of these to, to feel like you took a Xanax. Probably. Well, they don't, <laughs> well, they don't write how much is in there, which I, I always find, I know that's probably proprietary for their recipes and all the things, but I'm like, how much, in order for you to put it on the label, how much of it do you have to have in there? It would be helpful because then I'd be like, okay, I need 5% volume or five like well 1%. i will say that that on any ingredient label um and and the reason that this has a full label on it is because it's non-alcoholic because you'll notice that alcoholic beverages do not have to put their nutrition facts or right. ingredients on the label so the one thing about nutrition and i feel like most people know this is that when it says ingredients you have to list them in order from most to least yes so this is a water-based 
beverage. Which is kind of nice. water is the first ingredient. Mm-hmm. And the next thing is blue agave nectar. And the next thing is roasted pineapple. And the next thing is pineapple juice. And then prickly pear juice. And so it works its way down based off of, okay, it might be 60% water. And then it's, you know, 15% juice, yeah, so et, cetera, the, et cetera. So the uh, GABA is like on the third line. So yeah. we're getting less and less. So mm. you can't necessarily give a concentration of something. They expect a, you know, because we see non-alcoholic. So this is non-tempting, non-toxic. And then all of a sudden, if you take it and the degree or level of an active ingredient is so high that you can't get in a car, right. poses a whole new issue. So, right. you know, the, the idea is these are a lot of these drinks that are catchphrases to, to bring you in marketing uh, marketing wise. OK, mm. I won't disagree with you there because they couldn't legally sell it, especially without an age restriction or some type of warning or whatever. Well, you it know, says you, not good for children and nursing women. Right. OK, so there's a little bit <laughs> of right. so there's a label. little bit disclaimer. Mm-hmm. But could a child buy this? Like, probably. Probably. Like, would they card you for this? Probably not. It's yeah. just like no, not recommended. They also spirit, don't recommend yeah. that children drink coffee. And sometimes you see 12-year-olds with double frappuccinos in Starbucks. <laughs> so, like, you know, it's, I think recommendations are one thing. Restrictions mm-hmm. are another. You go into a liquor store and you have to show an ID that says you're 21. Right. right? So, I mean, recommendations are one thing. You know I have opinions on the... FDA and um, <laughs> well, the transparency and like you know mm-hmm. the lobbying of you know it doesn't matter the that's food, a, that's the a food story industry for another time, for another time. <laughs> yep. but now to the good stuff so you know GABA great mm-hmm. and um, then there's ginseng yeah which we haven't covered do we need to mm. I think I'd rather get straight to the questions with well let's go yeah so we actually have a few most of these questions are going to be coming from our listeners who have submitted some questions because we said that we were very excited to have you on and what do people want to know? Well, let's, I like the, I'm going to go in the order that I like the questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not the order that they came in. <laughs> Not the order that they came in. So we're in. diving in with the heavy hitters. I like Sorry. it, I like it. Um, PDO threads. We've all seen those videos on Instagram where the girls. I have not seen those videos. Okay. Can someone explain this to me? Well, you can explain it. So PDO threads are a, a long line of evolution of uh, barbed threads or suture that essentially will hold tension. And so originally we had permanent threads. Those were placed. And so imagine through a needle hole, you're able to elevate a brow or lift a cheek or tighten up a jawline. And it seemed like absolute, you know, that, that was the perfect solution to avoiding major surgery. The problem was we ran into years later some of these little stitches working their way out through the skin, causing infections, all kinds oh, of things. Oh, wow. So like a splinter that wants to, ex- you your body wants it. to expel the foreign object. So they don't dissolve. No. Well, the original ones were, or were permanent. And that's why we ran into all these complications. We couldn't have ones that were essentially quick temporary, like our stitches, because those would dissolve in six weeks. So PDO, which is essentially a stitch that can last for four to six months, is placed in, in, in lieu of something that's either permanent or dissolves very quickly. So if you think about the idea behind this, it, you know, it makes perfect sense if you think about it just from a, a superficial standpoint. Okay. You're lifting something, and in static repose, it will look lifted, tightened, whatever word you want to use. Mm-hmm. The problem is our face is dynamic. And so as soon as you make a facial expression or something like that, you know, in fact, I feel that uh, that Demi Moore photo that was circulated around mm-hmm. where she was on the runway, and she made a facial expression, but it left a tethering yeah. mid-cheek or below the cheek. Mm-hmm. 
I feel that that was a thread that was placed. And, you know, again, when she's looking at you in repose, it looks perfect. Is that why everyone stopped smiling on the red carpet for a long time? Because I feel like the, there used to be like this like hip thing and smile and a chin thing like the Paris Hilton. And then it became very like the stone face like look mm-hmm. like my face looks more perfect when I'm not smiling. Well, I think people are now worried about several different things. One is that let's say they receive Botox because many actors receive little bits of Botox here and there, some more than others. Mm-hmm. And, and you always know the ones that got the quote-unquote bad job yeah it's not that there's a bad job they probably just got it too close to the event and they were unable to correct some of these things so the bad press that's associated with that they say all right i'm not going to deal with the second thing would be a thread they place the thread um you know they can look great when they're just staring at a camera deep into the the camera but as soon as they make an expression, if there's any hint of a dimpling or like anything pulling, like that. Sometimes you could, you could see it looks like too tight or something, like by the eye or something. Speaking it of eyes, is this what they call the fox eyes? Is this well, like the Hadids? It is. How they have that, like it lifts Who the, both have had, uh, yeah, you know, threads P- and PDF, complications yeah, from those. Yeah, so I think, yeah. you know, the interesting part, it, fox eye is a term where you lift the outer cantal tilt of the eye. And it gives that a very exotic look. So now, can it be done with a thread? 100%. Um, it's also done surgically. You can do it. You know, Is that the eye a, pinch? It, no. Um, it's it, We call it a blepharoplasty, but it, it's a blepharoplasty in combination with a brow. We call it a temporal brow. And so you can actually remove the outer attachment and slant the eye upward. Yeah, it can. Listen, when done correctly, it can look beautiful. When overdone obviously can it you undo it though like see here's the thing is 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 i think that some procedures can be reversed or something like what's the what's the average shelf life on botox like a couple months three four months right so if you hate it like Wait no it harm out. done right well at least it goes away right yeah. exactly exactly same with um it's filler about the same Fillers closer to a well, it depends on where it is, but it's closer well, to a you year. You can dissolve filler with like hyaluronic. You can. That's yeah. why there's an antidote. Um, you know, here's the thing. I I believe that you, it's really difficult to reverse plastic surgery because you have altered the shape, the structure, and replaced a portion of that with scar tissue. You can you you know someone who has a facelift can we improve upon it? Yes. Can you reverse it and make it go back? No, of course not. I mean, you you have ultimately resuspended. Think about breast surgery. Even if you place implants and you decide to remove them, you've already stretched that skin out and you yeah. have a scar to put the implant in. Mm-hmm. A nose. You can build upon it after you've already reduced it, but at the same it's time, it'll never. Listen, when you're choosing it, you got to do it right yeah. and you got to do it right the first time. So, I mean, I do think being, I know. We live in LA and I've been to Miami mm-hmm. where the girls are starting younger with these things and then they end up sometimes looking older. Very true. Very uh, young. You know, I think the rush, obviously, you know, I have a whole different opinion, but it starts off uh, social media and, um, you know, the the filters and, and the ridiculous uh, concepts of beauty. Yeah. Now I'm starting to see come to the office saying, "Can I look like this? Can I look you know, like I the look, filter? I want to look like the course, filter." That's what they said. This whole oh, yeah. one of the energy workers that I follow, she says, "I hate this trend going on right now where you get the AI version of yourself yes, because yes. now people are going to think, 
oh, this is what I'm supposed to look like. Sure. And it's not even real. It's a cartoon, it's right? It's awful. And it's so awful. people are now wanting to look like this computer-generated version mm-hmm. of themselves, and it's actually pretty dangerous for people's mental health and spiritual health, right? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I can't tell you the number of people who come to the office and say, look, I saw this on Instagram. I would like to, you know, ha- I would like to look close to this. And you'll say, you know, I've, I've seen these people come through the office and say, that person doesn't even look like that. That is a, <laughs> I, I, I promise you, that is that is not what that person looks like. But with filters and, you know, uh, it it really it looks almost like an avatar of that individual. Well, sometimes they look like car. I, I follow a lot of girls, and sometimes I see like when they Photoshop too much, they look actual like a cartoon. Mm-hmm. They actually look like a cartoon. I saw someone, and this was floating around on Instagram. Someone took a behind the scenes of a fitness photo shoot, mm-hmm. and it was something about fitness wear and squats. Did she put in the butt pads? Yeah, I saw that one. they yeah. show the butt pads being put in. It's Into like the tights. before you say my butt isn't good enough. Maybe take a step back and yep. look at the fact that the, the butt pads were big. Yeah, and these are the, <laughs> really, these are the fitness models that are doing this. So it's you know it looks I, better on camera. It sure. does. Like when I did beauty pageants, I had like the, the little chicken cutlets. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and it didn't matter how big your boobs were, everybody wore them right. because they could always be bigger on stage. Yeah, right. Yep. I mean, yep. so PDO threads, caution. You just have to know what you're doing, what you're getting, and what and your goal. Listen, it's tough to ask. Listen, if, if you, I'll, I'll take a step back. If you ask a dermatologist, they'll say, wow, they're phenomenal. But if you oh. ask a plastic surgeon who can operate, it's tough for us to put these temporary things in. You know, you, arguably, you pay thousands of dollars for something that will lift only to be dissolved in six months. Right. Everybody claims it lasts two years. I've never seen that. Mm. Um, you know, I, I suppose in certain instances, it can slow down the potential progression of undergoing facelifting and, and other modalities. But yep. I just feel like, um, you know, to me, it's a waste of money. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. And since you are above the face, I won't ask the one about rib. No, removal. I want to know. Well, I want to know. You're yeah. going to have opinions. Listen, listen. Okay. I, I'm the trained rib- in all of it. Okay. So okay. I, I so used to do all of it. Rib removal. I mean, we heard the rumors from Janet Jackson back in the day mm-hmm. when she was shredded, and they all said the rumor was that Marilyn she got Manson her floating Marilyn Manson mm-hmm. the floating rib removed, which kind of gives you that. It doesn't go in as far, and we all know the Kardashians, they have these insanely itty-bitty tiny waist. They've all had kids, but somehow it's managed. Mm -hmm. And so what do you think about rib removal? Is that a thing? It is. is Uh, You know, listen, it's very rare that people still do that. Um, I think the reason for that is because the, you know, it used to be that there was a larger incision that was made to remove that floating rib. And usually what we do is we we come up with these crazy ideas as plastic surgeons and we think it's going to be the best trend that there is. And then we find ways to minimize scars to get the same possible result and then realize, ah, that probably wasn't a good idea in the beginning and then we stop. But it takes a full cycle for us to do that. So behind the curtain plastic mm -hmm. surgeon trial and error here. It is. You know, it's so interesting. Many of us train at county hospitals and and uh, for lack of a better word, we sometimes you call it a human rat lab because you would try out different procedures on 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 not unsafe right. procedures, right, right, right. But when we all come up with you know these different studies and say, my gosh, this makes sense to us, it's going to work. The only way to find out is if you actually put it into practice. And you know, this is how all of from hyaluronic acid fillers to Botox, all the you know, wow. ultimately we had to test these out at some point. So we find out what works and what doesn't. 
I think, you know, big procedures like leg lengthening, clavicle shortening, rib removal. These are all things. Now, are there surgeons that do it? Yes, there are. Uh, Are they the safest? Well, they probably have a higher complication rate than most of the other things that we do. I mean, but don't you need the rib? I feel like that rib protects an organ or something. You know, the interesting part is the real protection is going to be over the lungs and heart. And okay. so, the, you know, taking that little floating rib, who knows, I, I, is it going to be detrimental? Probably not. But Well, I know that back in the day, they said that one of the reasons why you stop wearing corsets is because you wear a tight enough corset for long it, it enough. It would indent that and rib. And it just locks that rib into place. And it is just way smaller than like it should Dita, be Like Dita Von Teese has yes. an insanely tiny, but she wears that, not the little workout corset. She wears like the bone. The legit. Yeah, those yep. ones you can't eat. I mean, I can't breathe. I tried one on for the Halloween costume once and I was like. <laughs> yeah, it's painful. Oh, no. <laughs> it's painful. No. Yeah, it's hard to breathe. Yeah, I think. Listen, rib removal is a thing. It was done for a long period of time. There are some surgeons still doing it. I don't know that it's necessarily the safest procedure. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So with caution. or <laughs> Also know. with caution. Yeah, also yeah. With, caution. with caution. Okay, so every and all things about getting a neck lift. Now, mm-hmm. answer your, and I have questions about the neck lift. But answer that. She said every and all things about Every and all things. So listen, I usually tell people when they come in to evaluate for their neck, I say, I'll give you good, better, best. Good is usually a mixture of liposuction or liposculpture. Sometimes we use uh, little bits of radio frequency to try to tighten up some of the skin. On the neck? So like liposuction of the neck? Oh, definitely. People have under that the there. Chin, yes. Yeah, people have that there. Oh, under so the it's a carve off okay. jawline yeah. and then yeah. all the way down. Wait, Usually is, sometimes it'll come all the way down to Yeah, here. some people do. Genetically, they have genetic sure. fat there. Um, what about the, is that buccal? What, what is bu- bu- buccal? Buccal fat. What? So buccal dystrophy. If you imagine, if everyone, anyone has seen uh, Zoolander, when, he, you know, when a model kind of sucks in just uh-huh. a little bit, that's yeah. your buccal fat. Oh, it's right in the there. cheek. It's that in the chin. It's in the cheek. So oh. submental fat is underneath with submandibular, that's along the angle of the jaw. And so as, you know, good, better, best. Good, liposuction. Better is using liposuction with some radio frequency. Best is obviously a neck lift because you are, you know, essentially sculpting, removing portions, uh, you know, of the the neck and glands that you don't need and then you're tightening up the muscle as an internal corset. You're removing glands. Sure. Stop. But don't you, like salivary glands? Yeah, there's the submandibular glands. But, you know, 85% of your saliva is really created from the parotid gland out here and 15% is really underneath. But as you age, these fall and so we trim that a little bit. You're not really going to get dry mouth. You won't even notice. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So, wow. That's called a deep neck Lift. I just thought a neck lift was lifting the skin. <laughs> well, it, it, you know, that's one version of yeah, it. Yeah, that's the and old school version, though. It, I feel it, like new school is like, it's like micro stuff. Yeah, it and it's it's getting to the layers of anatomy that you truly need to. It takes a more experienced surgeon. You know, so when I, I first come out into practice, I'm just doing kind of the little tuck over here because right. you're, that's what you feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you get going and... and you know the anatomy very well, and so you, as you, your comfort level increases, then so does your experience. Wow, the buccal is also big in Hollywood right now. Mm. Is, no, buckle, yeah. buccal, buckle. I oh, feel buckle. like we see a lot of these like twenty-two-year-old yeah. starlets that have this baby fat, right? Mm. And they want to look more mature. It, they they so, want that extreme contour look. Yeah, it's very like true. you know, like J Lo. She's always had those like high. 
Um, Chris, uh, yeah, I forget her makeup artist's name. I'm forgetting his name. He's the world famous. He created the J-Lo glow face. And he was saying, like, when she was in her 26, and he would contour her, he was like, oh, man, these cheekbones. And, mm. like, she has a natural hollow of that. So he's like, I didn't contour too deep on her because that would then she's like a skeleton. Exactly. But he's like, now I see these young girls, and I'm like, I'm not going to put any contour. And they're like, no, 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 no. And he's like, no, you don't have you don't have fat there. This is not Dia de los Muertos. Yes, yeah. you know the 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 good and bad. So uh, listen, if genetically you're a 25 year old and you genetically have a very round face, and then you look at your parents and they have you know someone has a very round face, mm-hmm. likelihood is as you age, you're going to have a round face and you'll benefit from a buccal lipectomy. If you just have regular baby fat and you, you, you know, again, I, the, what you don't want to do is remove all the fat in your face because as you age, you're going to lose it anyway. But and this is the thing. Women, I, ha- I know of people who have 50s, 60s who lost the volume because mm. I was always told by my grandmother that, you know, when you're 20s, you want to be a little more slender. But when you start aging, a little bit fat goes a long way it definitely does. in different areas of the body because then you look kind of frail and mm. like... And now some women are putting fat, their own fat, in their face. Definitely. Fat transfer is, uh, you know, to me is one of the best ways. See, I like that. See, I think, as I feel, when you get into the fat trend, I'm like, you know what, that's actually, it's your own fat. You Mm -hmm. harvest it. Yes. Like, I feel like, and you put it in and it kind of looks nice to me. People that I know who got them, I'm like, wow. And that's going to last longer than a, a filler, right? It definitely will. It kinda yeah, sta- you probably don't keep all of it, but it probably stays forever, what you do keep. You know, we say on average two to five years, but there is a permanent component. And, you know, fat is where stem cells are stored. Yeah. So we have, you know, regenerative potential. There's all kinds of good things associated with fat transfer. Mm. Um, you know, I always, I laugh because with my partner, we always say, that, that you draw a line at the neck and above or below, one of those is going to suffer as we age. So the larger you are, the face is, looks youthful. Yeah, but right. in the skinnier you are, the face loses all its mm-hmm. volume. Um, Pick your poison. Yeah, it's one of those things <laughs> where... Shit. Yeah. So do you think that if, if this new trend, and I am going to call it a trend, of mm. taking out this baby fat or cheekbone fat or buckle, am I saying that right? Mm, buckle fat? Buckle. So if that, what if in 10 years, the same way that, you know, we went from razor thin eyebrows Mm -hmm. to super bushy eyebrows and they even say that body types have trends. Should they? No, but it's kind of undeniable that there are at least inadvertent trends with body types, depending Mm -hmm. on who is at the top of the celebrity list of the time, I guess. Do you think that something like a buckle fat removal is a trend that could reverse in 10 years or the future. I do. I mean, listen, if you look across history, you know, as early as the, you know, uh, the thousand uh, AD, Mm -hmm. when we look at body types and what was deemed beautiful. And then we look through history and how there's this cyclical pattern of, you know, fuller, more youthful, and then wayfish and then fuller, Mm -hmm. more youthful wayfish. Um, I think, that anything that we do to ourselves that becomes mainstream for a short period of time, we always end up reversing it. Look at the Brazilian butt lift, the BBL, where everybody fat transferred to the butt. And yeah. It was this big trend. And now, what do you think happens to that butt 10 years later? It gets heavy. It looks so heavy. Now it's, I've seen, I look, I went know, to Pilates the other day. And look, I love all body. Do what do you. You know, if you want to yes. fix yourself, do you. I have two eyes and I can comment. <laughs> <laughs> and she was in front of me and I was just like, Staring, mm-hmm. 
And it just looked like it kind of was low. Yep. Yep. Like well, it was too big. Well, gravity gets us all. That was just like, listen, Pam Anderson, same thing. Yeah. Large brass. That was in the big, huge implants. Now everybody's downsizing. You know, it, it, it's just one of those things. Trends will change. Well, that's also a muscle thing, right? If you don't have the muscle and aren't putting in the work with your mm-hmm. squats and your lunges and you're staying active and walking, right, then the fat is going to drop because it has no support. It has nothing holding it up. Very true. Which is importance of exercise, which we love here at Team Tequila Talks. Mm-hmm. But there's also a machine for that now. Very true. <laughs> a machine for exercise? Well. For, for muscle tone. For muscle tone. Oh, Listen, that little thing? Yeah, there's yeah. it's that called, little thing. What yeah. the hell is that? You look like one of those people in the fifties that where they stand in front of the belt and that's they just vibrate. <laughs> this is a little more complex than that. Oh, it is. This is high intensity focused electromagnetic energy, high fem technology. It's called M Sculpt. A company called BTL came out with this, and there's a couple other you know imposter uh, you brands. know different brands, mm-hmm. but ultimately this machine targets the entire muscle group. So it was originally designed for the abdomen. So from oblique to oblique, it contracts. It's a supramaximal contraction, which means you would never be able to contract your muscle that hard. But it's it's 20,000 contractions, supramaximal contractions in 30 minutes. They, you would think you would have debilitating pain afterwards. Yeah, it sounds painful. Look, I did it, 50 sit-ups yeah. today, and I'm feeling <laughs> it right now. You look confused. You know, it's so interesting because the machine is set. It has a particular setting that clears the lactic acid. So you'll be sore, but nothing like you should um, after these sessions. Does it work? It builds, uh, let's see, it burns 30% fat. It builds 25% muscle. Uh, and now the Neo version of that will has radio frequency to tighten skin. So Wait, so wait, I'm confused. So you mm-hmm. do it while you're working out? No, you actually lay on a bed and it does the workout for you. So you're not doing a lunge and a squat and like... Oh, no. So it started with the abdomen. Now you can use it on the butt. They have paddles for the arms, the calves. But does it stay? Because it's, I mean, I feel like they make those six-pack implants, right? And they have calf muscle implants. And and like that's obviously surgical, as in going under the knife and having something inserted into you, like a butt implant or a breast implant, but for muscle. Yes. So... Does this machine have long-term effects or is it kind of like doing a boot camp and you look great for six months and then you got to go back? I think kind of like, well, the difference is the muscular portion of that is like doing a boot camp. You look great for six months and then if you don't do anything, it's going to go back. How often do you do that? The company recommends four sessions within two weeks or you could do one session a week for four weeks. Okay. And And then it continues to build muscle for three to six months. So, continues to burn fat for three to six months. So I would imagine the people who get the most benefit out of this are people who are already kind of in the fitness zone of life. You know, it's we have many actors that come in. It'll yeah. be right before a f- shoot of a movie. Okay. Yes. That makes so, sense to okay. me. Yes. Yeah. No. And so, okay. so their abs already, never look so good. Right, so they're obviously in the zone already mm. of like fitness, health. Because I, would, I wouldn't imagine someone who just is so um, static all the time actually benefiting from it getting an eight pack from it (laughs) you know you would think the interesting part about the study is that they actually used mris to look at the amount of fat loss and the largest percent of fat loss was in someone who had the most fat that makes sense though so yeah it's it's, because they have it to lose really interesting so a lot of people we use it for our post mommy makeover so let's say we do an abdominal plasty and six weeks later listen they've lost their tone 
They have what's right. called well, rectus diastasis. Yeah, yeah, the see, muscles I, get stretched. I have diastasis. Mm-hmm. Rex, re- recti? Rectus diastasis. Yeah, diastasis yeah. recti. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, the machine actually claims to, um, the study showed that it improved diastasis by 10%. Really? And uh, so if you have a small one, it's great. Makes sense because the muscles fill up and so it makes it kind of looks at yeah. Mine's not small. Mine's like two and a half fingers worth. Yeah. You know, listen, it's it's a little harder to correct. I know. But, uh, I, I think the concept behind this machine, uh, this technology is amazing. This is definitely a game changer. Um, but it doesn't obviate the need for exercise and dietary changes and things like that. So this is like an add-on. I, I would consider yeah. this an yeah. add-on to an already right. So it could take your four-pack to a six-pack, but you got to have something. Or an eight. Well, you know, yeah, I, I might have a vacation <laughs> coming up in May. That we might have to do like yeah. a little episode, maybe, mm-hmm. where like a five-minute behind, behind the scenes of us getting it done and you what we think. You can do it together. That's a great Ooh, part. There's two paddles, so you just lay side by like side. A, like a couple's massage, it's but, like for, <laughs> but for getting abs and ass. Exactly. I'm not opposed to this concept. I'm not, me neither. I want it on my ass. I want it on my abs, thighs. Listen, I think if it stayed forever, I'd be like, yeah, sign me up. But in terms of it it going away, it's like, uh, then I don't know if I'd want to spend the money on it. But if you're still working out, yeah. Yeah, if you you maintain, let's say, you know, if you're just using it as your exercise, that's what's going to happen. But if you maintain, it will stay. And this is kind of, the one thing we noticed is because it increases core strength, mm-hmm. that it eased back pain as well. So it was oh. one of those things where it's kind of a So it made a, you more efficient in your workouts because mm-hmm. you're stronger. So if yes. you're adding it to a workout regime, it can help. Definitely. But it can catapult you. Okay, it can Ooh. catapult you. So it's like, a, it's like your jumping off point is higher. The one, and the other thing you have to imagine is, you know, we're born with billions of fat cells. They either grow or they shrink. Yeah, but this is permanent fat loss. So let's say you lose millions of cells. It doesn't mean you you don't have you know again plenty of other cells to yeah, grow. Yeah, yeah. But if you maintain, it will look good. So you're just gonna go. You're gonna shrink mm-hmm. right? without removing a rib. Without yeah, exactly. look, I'm not in the rib removal business at all. <laughs> I need all my organs and bones that I was mm-hmm. born with. Yes. Okay. So we have another question. Um, this is a good one. Does any of your patients ever regret getting the plastic surgery? Like the 30 day like guarantee, they're like, you know what? Buyer's remorse. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, listen, it's very rare uh, when someone has a great result that they say, gosh, I really wish I wouldn't have done that. Occasionally, you'll get someone that feels they have lost their identity. So you could give them the oh. perfect result. And, you know, what they came in for. So let's say, you know, I'm thinking of a patient who she's an actress. Um, and she had some character to her nose, but it was a little crooked and she had a little bump to it. So again, I straighten the nose, make it as cute. Mm-hmm. We did a 3D simulation prior and saying, this is what you're going to expect. And they say, okay, this is great. And then you deliver and they say, I just, when I'm on camera, I don't feel like I have the same wow. whatever it is. Huh. And so it, it's, but it's very like rare that that happens. my face feels Photoshopped. Yes, or like, say, I don't I look inauthentic look myself, you or look not too genuine. Good, or, or maybe that set me apart. Didn't that you happen know? with the girl from Dirty Dancing? I yeah, feel she, like, well, yeah. she didn't work. Jennifer Bill. Yeah, Gen- Gen- yeah. Jennifer, Jennifer Gray. Gray. Jennifer Gray. The yeah. Gray effect. The yeah, gray effect. Is, it's called that, right? Like yeah. she was, Her nose was so... I mean, she was beautiful in that movie. Mm-hmm. And I remember years later, I saw another movie. I didn't really know who she was. Yes. Her nose became a part... And this is what my husband always says about actors. 
looking too perfect is for models. Mm. Right. <laughs> models need to be walking down that aisle and shredded and perfect face and lips. And Rick is like, you're you're in motion all the time. You're feeling, you're emoting. Mm. And kind of how you're born kind of feeds people get to know you that way. Amen. So he's like, sometimes when he works with people and they come with their face frozen and they're like yelling at him and he's like, yeah. Give me something. Give me I something. Can't tell how you're feeling. Yeah. Right now. What's happening? Mm. You know. So he feels like you lose it in the perfect business, but the acting business can't be perfect. Yes. Uh, well, you have to be. Like the whole point of acting is that it's relatable and it's humanizing, mm-hmm. right? So if you if you feel like you're talking to a robot or you feel like a robot. It's going to take away that element that makes you relatable or make somebody be able to empathize with you. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I think um, more often the majority of the uh, of patients, you know, you you rarely get the the buyer's remorse. Uh, Occasionally, every now and then, you will. One thing that I've heard that's super common is the a lot of people have remorse off of not going big enough on breast implants. Oh, 92%. 92%? Why is that? I think people are afraid. So here's here's my take on it. Um, initially you're afraid of attracting too much attention. Oh, okay. Afterwards you get attention and it's only positive. And so more people say oh, or what happens is immediately after the surgery, they love the size, but as the swelling goes down, mm. they realize, ah, oh, you know what? It really looked good when we first came out of surgery. Oh. And uh, so that, that slightly changes. So, so that's why it's one of the most common surgeries is you know removal and up, upsizing. So do you think when, when you have a patient that come in, do you encourage them, hey, you might want to go a little teaspoon or a little tablespoon heavier, or are you more like aesthetic? 50 cc's. Yeah. Yes. Are, you, are you more like aesthetically like your rib cage is here, so you don't want boobs hanging out the side or, yes. you know, because I, I, you know, I have some friends, I got some old ones and I'm like, mm. Like, you know, you become a mom and you have a couple of kids and now you're the mom with the deep V-neck at drop-off. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whole different ballgame. Whole different ballgame. You know, for us, my my partner, we have a 3D simulator. So essentially you put in any size implant, you see how it looks from every single angle, and then you choose. That way, you know, you don't leave it up to the surgeon. I think long gone are the days where we were like, hey, trust me, it's going to look good. Okay. Because we're such visual beings, as we said earlier, mm-hmm. that those filters, the idea those is, damn filters, yeah, damn you have filters. to see it and say yes. You sign off on it and say, that's what I want. Well, I feel like back in the day, didn't plastic surgeons used to, I feel like I saw a 2020 or a Dateline or something on this, but didn't didn't there used to be kind of like the chicken cutlets, but they are the yes. actual implant and you go home with it and you wear it in your bra, you try yeah. it on for size, right? You know, it, it's so funny. I feel There's like so school. many studies well, yeah. on this. You know, when I first started practice, well, old school, 14 years ago, <laughs> um, you, we so people would either put, um, they would put the, the implants that were shaped in bras, and then we would have them try it on and see. There were uh, where you would use um, peas in a bag, put it into a bra as far as a size. I mean, you used all kinds of different things, and no one could come up with the perfect sizing until the 3D system was generated. And then you can kind of see it. Um, Right now, there's a a company that you essentially, it's called Chrysalix. You put on these VR glasses, you look down, and it'll show you, these are 350cc implants. And then you can look forward in a mirror, and it'll show you what it would look like. So, you know, I think the, the... 
where we want to be and where we actually end up is now getting closer and closer because of that. That is some minority wow. report shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel, like, it's a, I feel yeah. like we're talking about an episode of Black Mirror right now. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> well, I would imagine that the 3D imaging would compensate for I knew someone that got breast implants over the muscle mm-hmm. when under the muscle is all the rage. And then there were, I found out that there's like partial muscle where the top is under the muscle, but the bottom hangs out. And I remember that these over the muscles looked great on my friend, but when you touch them, you could definitely feel the implant the, yes. the yeah. bag and the rippling of the bag and everything. So yeah. if you got the same size implant, but went over versus under the muscle, I mean, it's different, different. because it's squishing it. You're right. Right. You're yeah. right. I mean, these are all the technical aspects of a breast augmentation, and, and y- y- that's why there has to be a certain amount of breast tissue to go over the muscle. There right. has to be you know, a certain type of implant that we use for someone to go over the muscle, or we should use. Maybe right. Not everybody does. So A to B is different than D to double D. Yes. Damn. I mean, yes. I couldn't imagine. Okay, one more. I think this is an interesting question because... A lot of people are always like Botox. Botox. I think people start plastic surgery, mm-hmm. or maybe here in LA, people that I know, always with Botox. The gateway. The gateway. It's literally the gateway. It's like, the marijuana <laughs> plastic surgery. <laughs> right. You're like, oh, I have I have my little 11s or whatever, mm-hmm. and just like a little bit at like 28, 29, and then you do like your Botox facials now, mm-hmm. which some of, some of the housewives ha- have to say, Beverly Hills housewife, their work is, I don't know if you touch their faces, but Erica <laughs> Jane's face, Kyle Richard's new face, I'm like loving it. Yeah. Anyways, people said, this girl asked, does it contain chemicals that over time can cause other problems? That's a great question. It's a common myth that it's a poison. Um, it's based off of a, a toxin, mm-hmm. and so toxin and poison can be. This is uh, they're different. Yes, yes not by are. a ton, mm-hmm. but they're different. Yeah. I mean, alcohol is a toxin, but yeah. not a poison. Right. right, right. And so that's this is a purified protein that blocks a muscle from contracting. And so repeated use of this over time, what it does, the long term effect is it atrophies the muscle. But that's kind of what we want it to do because the stronger the muscle is, the stronger the contraction, the deeper the lines that form over time. So um, I think it's honestly one of the best drugs that we have. Oh, there you go. So you can start at the like the marijuana of Mm -hmm. plastic surgery, the Botox. The gateway. I kind of like that word for Botox. I mean, a little baby Botox ain't never hurt nobody. What's Mm. it before before we wrap it up? What's the difference between baby Botox and regular Botox? Just the Amount? amount. Just the amount. Just the amount. So sometimes what happens nowadays is we'll do, especially for actors, is because we still want them to have movement. And so you put tiny little amounts everywhere as opposed to big boluses in certain, you know, spots. Right, as opposed to people that are like, freeze my face. Yes, yes. I have patients that come in and say, I do not want to move. So, you know, it's, I love that. Yeah. I think as you age, for women at least, you wear less makeup and it's more about your skin. 100%. And I think when you're young, it's about all this makeup and this purple oh. eyeshadow and yeah. the Barbie doll look. Yes. And I think when you age gracefully, a little this, a little that, a little this, a little that, with a fresh face, you look younger. Well, I agree. What's yeah. the one thing that you would recommend for people that can't afford or don't have accessibility to a plastic surgeon? Mm-hmm. So obviously I would take care of your skin, as you were saying. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's paramount. Everybody's concerned with fillers and surgical procedures and things like that. But if you take care of your skin, it will it will benefit you in the long run. So even those home rollers, the microneedling rollers, if you use something that has a retinol at night, 
make sure you have a good moisturizer and a sunscreen and throw in a vitamin C serum because yeah. that will help replenish uh, some of the important stuff in your skin. I need to go shopping now. Yeah, I have retinol, I have, retinol, I have vitamin C. I also use Vaseline. Old school. That's old school. Yes. Listen, you know, it's not, it's it, not everybody can use it okay. because of the fact that sometimes it can be comedogenic. It, it can block some of the pores. Um, so any petroleum based, it has to be a certain skin type. You can't, some people could really benefit from it. Others, it can be a disaster. Oh, see, I have t- small pores, so I don't really mm-hmm. get acne or, yeah. so I've been using it forever. It just goes on top of my moisturizer at night. Yep. My Definitely. sheets are a mess. But. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes can't go back to those OG. Yes, yes. Yes. Well, cheers, guys. Dr. John Lakey, cheers. thank you for so coming much. in thank and you for joining having us. Me. Well, this was fun and educative. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.